0: You You know, I I really don't like introductions because he just took like half of what I was going to (laughs) say. Thanks, man. Did you look at my notes or what? Um, Okay, I, I don't really, I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable, but I'm not really a preacher. I'm a teacher, and I'm used to being kind of in a classroom setting where we have a conversation, and so, if you don't mind, those of you that seem to be a little bit out there on the fringes, you can, say, you can help me, if, if you would. C- come on in a little bit. Come on in. You know, Alan said we're family. And, and I think, you know, we need to act a little bit more like family sometimes. And, you know, that means, you know, like it or not, we don't always get to choose our family, so we still have to sit next to them and love them, don't we? <coughs> okay. So, Tonight, again, a little bit different because I really do want it to be a conversation. I think so much now we get talked at. Whether it's news channels, whether it's internet, whether it's whatever, Facebook, whatever, we get talked at a lot. Tonight, I'd like you to participate a little bit in the conversation, as we start to look at family. Because we are family. We're called to be family together. And yet, where's my screen? Where'd you go? Hey, there it is. Um, We want to talk a little bit about tearing down the walls tonight. And sometimes those walls even are in our families, aren't they? And so I really want to start pulling some of this apart for you tonight and start looking at how we can do that. Now, Alan said we're family. You know a little bit about us, but I just want to check. When you have a conversation, if you go to a party and you talk to somebody and you have a conversation, I'm going to pick on you, sir. Hi, I'm Bob. Good to meet you, Richard. When you go to a party and you carry on this kind of thing, what's one of the first things you do? Yeah, you you find out something about him, don't you? So let me ask you a couple of questions so I can find out something about you. Um, How many of you have a family heritage that does not come from Western Europe? A family heritage that does not come from Western Europe? Had to think about that one, didn't you? Okay, about, about a few of you. How many of you speak more than one language? Oh, whoa, my. I'm, I, tongues don't count, JR. <laughs> Jeez, man. I, I, how many of you are from a family that just two generations ago wouldn't have been caught dead in a church? Two generations. Two generations. Okay. And yet, we've got this diversity right here amongst us, and yet we still look at each other and we call each other family. How do we do that? Different backgrounds, different languages, different looks, different feels. I love this. Watch this. Click. Hey, they're asleep back there. You told me all I had to do was point it to. Click. Ah, oh, okay. God is a God of diversity, isn't he? He created diversity. Now, we don't always like diversity, but look what he says about diversity. First of all, he created the male and female. Guys, get over it. (laughs) Females are different than we are. They'll never be the same. They won't really love the Broncos the way we do. A little bit, maybe. And further, he says, do you remember this story, the story of Babel, some people say, instead of Babel? Because... We sit around and we babble quite a lot. And look what God did. God said originally that he wanted us to really follow after him and be hard after him. And and to, to multiply and fill the earth. But what were these people doing? Exactly. They were all gathering together and trying to, you know, be like this. So what does God do being the good father, the loving father that he does? He sends them out, gives them different languages, gives them different cultures, gives them different looks, gives them different backgrounds, gives them different ways of even knowing him and worshiping him. He loves diversity. He loves this idea. I mean, he delights. The the word of God says that he delights in us, his creation that is so diverse. However... One of the big negatives about diversity is in that we have created the other, the one that is not like us. Hey, just, a, just one. And we call them foreigners. I'm going to come over here and get a feminine point of view. What's a foreigner? Not that you are one. What's a foreigner? Someone who doesn't come from here, that possibly comes from far away. Okay, that would be one interpretation. Can I get another female point of view? What's a foreigner? Someone different than you. They don't even have to come from a long way away, do they? Sometimes the person who's sitting just a couple of people away from you might feel like they're a foreigner. But look at what God's word says. I found over a hundred. Don't worry, I'm not going to share them all. I found over a hundred verses in the Bible about foreigners and how we're supposed to treat foreigners. And this is, believe me, I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just pulling God's word out. When a foreigner lives with you in your land, don't take advantage of him. Hmm. Treat the foreigner the same as a native Love him like one of your own. Do me a favor. You've got family that are sitting pretty close close to you. Could you lean over a little bit? And in the next two or three minutes, I want you to talk to each other. How do you do that? How do we treat the foreigner who now is here, how do we treat him like a native? How do we love him like one of our own? Seriously, turn to somebody close to you and to share a little bit about how you think you can do that. Oh, come on, you guys know each other. <laughs> Tell that young lady right there behind you. Okay, who's willing to share one or two nuggets with us? Somebody want to be bold and share a, a nugget or two? How, how can we do this? How can we treat? I'm going to pick on people I know if somebody doesn't volunteer. Yes, sir? Don't stereotype people. Um, help me understand that. What does that mean? Don't put people in a box. Okay. Yes, sir? Treat them as family. But actually have them come to your house. Whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You're getting pretty radical here. You want people that are not like you to come to your home. You were invited to the oh. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And this, this young man over here said something about learning a foreign language. I, I'm the other side of 65. I have trouble with English. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I may not be able to learn their language, but maybe we can help them learn ours. God in the church. Treat them as if they're God's creation, a child of God. And we could go on, couldn't we? There'd be a lot of things that we can talk about that are just practical, really practical. But do we do it? This is it's kind of a personal question. Have you ever been around other followers of Jesus who were different from you? And you felt like a foreigner with them? I'm seeing some nodding heads up there. And yet, it's God's heart for us to be that family. I really wonder sometimes, let's go to the next slide if we could. This is from Ephesians, one of my favorites. We are no longer strangers, don't you love this word? Aliens. We are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How did God do that? Who did he do it through for us? Come on, the answer is clear. Through? Yes, through Jesus and through his death on the cross. He now has made it possible for us to no longer be strangers. Whether you're sitting next to someone who speaks a different language, but who worships Jesus, or whether you're sitting next to someone who speaks the same language, we we don't need to be anything other than family anymore. He made the way for us. This one I want you to pull apart. For he himself is our peace. He who? Jesus is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Before I actually answer this, do you think there's any hostility in the church today? Not this church. Not this <laughs> church. Do you think there are any dividing walls even within people who worship the way you do and people who? Some dividing walls. Again, I don't want to be political. It might be a little scary for you. There might be Democrats and Republicans in this room. There might, I said might. I said might. There, there, there just might be. And yet, look at what he's done. He said, and yet, I have torn that down. I've made it possible for you. I've given you the power to love one another. I've given you everything you need. He, Jesus, is our peace. The Hebrew word there is? Yeah, you don't have to be a scholar, do you? What? Thank you. Shalom. Anybody know who Tim Keller is? Anybody? Two or three of you? Okay. Tim Keller has, has written a really wonderful book called Generous Justice, and he talks about Shalom. And he said, you know, we take, and we take that word shalom and we kind of translate it into this word peace. But those of you that know anything about a lot of other languages, a lot of languages have one word that has a lot of meanings, don't they? It has a lot of depth to it. And, and he says shalom means far more than the English word peace. It actually means complete Reconciliation. Complete reconciliation, a state of flourishing in every dimension of physical, emotional, social, spiritual, bringing us together and reconciling all of our differences. Even our opinions can be reconciled and should be reconciled through Him, through Jesus, because we have this one thing in common that He died for us. Now, I know this is all basic stuff, isn't it? Basic stuff. But I think sometimes we need to hear it again and again and again, to be reminded that we are overcomers. We are to overcome these things. Paul goes on to say, back in this verse too, he says, He's made the two one. Now remember, Paul is talking to believers here. This is the book of Ephesians. Anybody know where Ephesus is? The, the city of Ephesus? Oh, am I going to have to pick on somebody again? Jr., where's Ephesus? Asia Minor, Minor, better known as? Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, it's on the coast of Turkey. Interesting though, so he's talking to people in this town on the southern coast of Turkey. But what you may not know is in those days, it was a Greek city. It was filled with Greeks. But it was also under Roman occupation. It's getting even more complicated. And most of the believers in that community at that time were Jews. So you've got Jews in a Greek city in Turkey under Roman rule. Do you think there's any kind of divisions and stuff going on that they need to hear? Because you know who was walking through the door? This was a port city. It was a center of trade and commerce. And people were coming from the nations and walking in through the doors of the church. And the Jewish followers of Jesus say, these guys are unclean, these guys are different, they don't speak our language. You know, what do you mean we're supposed to love them? And Paul is setting that example and saying, look, Jesus has died to make the two one, the Jew and the Gentile. That word Gentile actually means the nations. Anybody that's not a Jew. All the nations. And he says, we're making the two one. Jesus has already done that. He has destroyed that barrier that there is between us. He's torn it down. But why do we keep building it back up again? If he's already torn it down. Let me tell you just a little quick personal story. Some of you have known us for many years. Some of you have no clue who this guy is. But for many years, we've spent time discipling young Muslims in the faith, introducing them to Isa al introducing them to Jesus. The number one negative response that I get from especially young Muslims when I... Introduce them and ask them if they're interested because they they believe in Isa of sorts. But when I begin to introduce them and say, Would you like to follow Jesus? Their number one complaint is, Why would I want to do that? You Christians all hate each other. You Christians are always arguing, you can't agree on anything. Anytime I read something about you guys, whether you're North Americans or whether you're Europeans or whether you're Greeks, you can't get along with each other. Why would I want to become a Christian? Why would I want to become a follower of Jesus? That's sad but true. We've lived in Europe, and yes, there's a church in Europe. Yes, there's a group of people who are on fire for Jesus there. But they are totally stymied by us because... They say North American evangelical Christians are best known for what they're against. Sorry to be maybe rude to you tonight, but that's what we're known for. We're known for what we're against. Or in the case of an election year, we're known as a voting block. That should not be our identity. Our identity should be, first and foremost, who we're called to be as family together. Who we are to be that reflection, his ambassadors. And yet, not all, but for most, they look at us as being a divided group of folks that have no clue where we're going and what we're doing. We better move on to something a little bit lighter. (laughs) We we'll go to the next slide. There really is unity in Jesus in the diversity. Look at this. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one. This is Jesus talking to his dad on our behalf. One of the wonderful things about living in Jerusalem is you hear these little kids? You hear these little kids running around? You'd love this. They run around and they go, Abba, Abba. They're calling their daddy. And here is Jesus talking to his daddy and he said, I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. But what purpose? Why does he want us to be united? So that we can get fat and happy and look good? Read the next line. This would change all of my Muslim friends. It would change their attitude. It would change the way that they perceive us. Because then the world will know that you, Father God, sent me, Jesus, and have loved them even as you've loved me. Now, sometimes people say, Bob, you know, it's hard to believe you're over 65 years old. You are really naive. You are really naive. Can you, do you really believe that we can be that reflection, that we can be one like that? Do you really think we can do that? Alan, can we really do it? How? Only through the power that he gives us only in and through his blood, only in and through Jesus. And one of the things that we are just really blessed to be a part of, living in the Middle East again, we were back there 30 years ago, we're back again, living in Jerusalem and being a part of what's happening that is just mind-blowing. You know, I really hope that y'all will have a chance, some of you will have a chance to come over and visit us to see what God is doing amongst people Who shouldn't be getting along with each other. By the way, uh, not to embarrass anybody, anybody know what denominational group is the largest church in Israel? Has more people than anybody else, has the longest heritage. Hey, whoa, we got some people, really, seriously. Greek Orthodox, very good. It is so weird to go into a Greek Orthodox church and you know what? They're all Arabs speaking Arabic, worshiping in Arabic, worshiping in Middle Eastern Arabic style. He go, I thought you guys were Greek Orthodox. They are. And yet they allow us to come in and worship together with them. Now, yes, there are other groups, the Syriac, groups you've never heard of before, the Melkites and others. Roman Catholics were really late down the line. And the later still were the Protestants. And later still were evangelical Protestant Christians. But what's happening, what God is doing is amazing. Because he is really helping these believers cross barriers and tear down some of the walls. Can you imagine an Arab-Palestinian follower of Jesus who suddenly realize that my Israeli Jewish enemy is a follower of Jesus, and in reality, they're my brother. Or we know families where their sons and daughters have been killed in things like bus bombs that were planted by Arabs. And when they get introduced to an Arab follower of Jesus, the one that they really thought that they should hate, and in fact probably have hated most of their life, and we watch how the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, just crumbles some of that stuff in their lives. You think we overcome barriers when we don't get along with the Baptist or the whatever or whoever down the street? These folks are overcoming amazing, amazing barriers, cultural barriers, hatred. We've had the privilege, and I, and I really do mean the privilege, of helping some of these groups come together. Some of you probably are very much aware that there is now a physical barrier in the country of Israel um, that separates a lot of the Palestinians from, you know, Use whatever terminology you want, West Bank, Palestinian, Arab. By the way, how many of you know that a number of Palestinians aren't even Arabs? You may be shocked to know that. They speak Arabic, but they're not Arabs. And some of their families have been following Jesus since 300 A.D. Maybe we can listen and learn from them too. But but to see them overcoming some of these physical barriers even because they know They should get together with the other, the brother that they have on the other side. And we've been a part of prayer meetings, a part of places where the spirit really breaks out, weeping, where people have overcome generation upon generation of hatred. And it's only you won't hear that on the news here. You won't see that here. But what we'd like to do is just kind of share with you um, a five minute, Alan mentioned this. Uh, my wife who is i could go on for a long time uh, to have a godly woman that god has allowed me to live my life with is pretty amazing but she's also happens to be a wonderful scriptwriter and storyteller and happens to be a very good producer of documentaries and we've done that for a number of years and now god has called us back to a vision that we had from him 30 years ago when we were just elementary school teachers and had no clue how to tell stories globally. But he called us to a vision of the only peace plan that he has is in and through Jesus the Messiah. And he's given us an opportunity to give a platform to that, a documentary that allows them to tell their own story. So if you got that clip ready, You can do that. You just tell them what they need. Oh, here's Alan. Alan, sorry about that, Alan. I didn't see you. Not back there. (laughs) So this is just a clip. It's a bit of a teaser um, to give you an idea of what the project is. The project is not only a one-hour documentary, and it's really not even for them, but it's them telling their story for us, the body of Christ worldwide. And it will also have... um, kind of a study guide that we can use that will be in multiple languages. A lot of the things that we've produced over the years have been done in multiple languages and are currently being used in places like China and Thailand and India, places like that. So hopefully God will do the same thing through this. And good.
1: of God's peace plan for this troubled part of the world. It's an amazing story of forgiveness, reconciliation, and unity in the body of Christ here in the Holy Land. 30 years ago, we lived in Israel for two years, teaching at the American International School. Those early experiences deeply impacted us as God gave us his heart for both the Jewish and the Arab peoples of the land. We returned to America with a vision and a burden This is something we've carried for a long time.
0: A few years ago, we were visiting Jerusalem, walking along this very promenade. We both knew that now was the time to refocus on this part of the world. In 2014, we moved to Jerusalem. Our plan is to be here until the film is completed. In these next few minutes, we'll tell you a little more about the project and invite you to become a part of seeing this vision come to fruition.
1: I really believe in this project because I believe in making peace and we need to be challenged to be those who seek after and pursue peace. And if this film can even touch the heart of one person to look again at the reality of the teaching and the the essence of what Yeshua came to do and what he had to say in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, then I think it will have done a tremendous service to the world. And until we look in the face of the one we perceive as our enemy and we see him as our brother, we will not have peace in this world.
2: To
3: be honest, through meeting uh, my enemy, who turned to be not my enemy but my brother in Christ, I got to reflect more deeper on myself and the need that I have to uh, forgive and uh, to uh, start a new life of forgiveness. And uh, I
1: would say, by all means, reconciliation. You know, a lot of people are looking to, us for an example, looking for us for a model, looking for us actually for inspiration. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have said if it happens in the Holy Land, that it could happen anywhere. It's
3: important for people to get behind uh, a form like this to support it in prayer and financially, I would say, because it will help others globally to understand the issues and it will move the church actually to stand behind the local church here.
1: For us who believe in Yeshua, we have the love for both don't He's given us the way, and he said that they may be one, as you and I are one father, that the world may see. And what is the world to see? That he is indeed who he says he is. We invite you
0: to partner with us to raise the best of the funds needed to film the production.
1: Help us tell the story of these peacemakers who are crossing the divide, building bridges of hope.
0: I know it sounds like we prompted these people to say these things, but we really didn't. They were not scripted. These are three very different individuals who were not together and everything, and yet listen to their heart. Listen to what they are telling us. It's the first time in our careers that we've become independent filmmakers. What that really means is we're not sent out by an organization this time. It's not like somebody's handed us $100,000 and said, okay, go do this, which which has happened to us for many, many years. But for the first time, we're just answering and being obedient and believing God. We've already started the fundraising. We're along the way. Uh, this website that just went away. Um, filmmakers, if you guys can put that website back up, that'd be great. If you can't, that's all right. Um You can go to the website. You can find a way to really participate in prayer, to participate financially. We need about another $60,000 to actually do the filming, start the filming at the end of October, and then also do the editing and everything in the spring so that we can actually get all of the aspects, all of the aspects of being there in the Middle East completed, and we'll be coming back here, God willing. And about a year's time to then begin on putting the package together and getting it out. It's not owned by a denomination. It's not owned by an organization. It's God's story being
3: told by his kids for the body of Christ. So, Alan? Is that a God-sized vision or what? (laughs) God has to be in the middle of this, Bob. Absolutely must be in the middle of this. We have some uh, buckets here at the back, and if you'd like to uh, bless this ministry, peacemakers, everything that's given back there, you can write your checks out to the rock, and everything that goes in those buckets will be given to their ministry. Bob, Catherine, we'd like to pray over you guys and over your ministry. Jr., will you come up also? And anybody else that wants a family come up here and lay some hands on them, that'd be great. He's over there yeah come on up Mike <laughs> I can
0: tell you some stories about this kid back in uh, 1995
3: but it won't <laughs> 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 yeah. you, yeah. yeah. oh Father God uh, we just give you thanks and praise for our brother and sister Bob and Catherine thank you for this vision that you put on their heart 30 years ago thank you that you have said the time is now so, Father, you are the great provider. You own a cow's on a thousand hills. So we pray for financial blessing for this project. We pray for uh, just the production crew and all the logistics of pulling this, this, uh, this work together. And, Father, just go before them with great wisdom. Give them great favor as they speak and cast the vision of what this film is all about. Uh, Thank you, Father, for our our brothers and sisters, our fellow believers there in Israel that they're in community with. And, uh, Father, even now, as we think about the future of how The Rock will be engaged with this work with Bob and Catherine, I even pray in advance for a team from The Rock going over there to fellowship with our brothers and sisters, to be in community with them, to encourage them. We just give you thanks and praise for that opportunity.
2: Father, thank you so much for Bob and Catherine, we've known them a long time, and uh, we just bless them, Lord, we thank you that you're using their filmmaking ability mm-hmm. and their hearts to come in combination, to really tell a story that needs to be told, not only to the Jew and to the Arab and to the Muslim mm-hmm. and to the Christian, but also to the world. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we just thank you, you're the provider, and you will provide supernaturally, in Jesus' name, everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen.
3: So I know there's some of you that would love to spend more time with Bob and Catherine, and they want to spend some time with you as well. So I think uh, you guys are going to go to IHOP. IHOP. Internet. We have an International House of Prayer Oh, it's the Pancake. Yeah. So they're going. <laughs> it may turn into that tonight. So please uh, feel free to join them over at IHOP if you'd like to. And once again, the buckets are back there if you would like to bless their ministry. International house of pancakes <laughs> I don't know where it is
2: as you uh, as you go toward i twenty five it's uh, it's actually on the right. if you keep going, you'd go up to you know rock the you know the rockyard brewery, but we don't want you to go there tonight. you can go there another night and uh, but tonight you're going to take a left right before you go there and you're going to head to uh, International House of Pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> yeah, got me saying the wrong
3: thing. All right, let me close this in a quick word of prayer. We thank you for being here tonight. We hope you were blessed by um, the word from Bob and this, just this incredible vision. Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters here in the room. We just thank you for just this little short time with Bob and Catherine. And thank you for uh, the vision that you have given them. Father, this is your ministry, and you are using them as instruments. I pray that you will continue to use them in a mighty and powerful way, give them great wisdom as they move forward. And, Father, we just give you thanks and praise that we get to be a part of that. So, Father, go before us for the rest of the week. Uh, Bless everyone here at their every place of need. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. amen. Good night.